Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. We have this ministry as we have received mercy. Is anybody thankful that you've received mercy today? So he said, we faint not. We faint not. We don't collapse. We don't quit. He said, we keep moving forward. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, or perplexed, but not in despair. We don't have all the answers, but we, we can have confidence that we know the one that does. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. I'm speaking to some people today that can relate to this scripture. You fought some battles lately. You've suffered some loss lately. You've looked around and seen things not go the way that you planned for them to go. And yet you're still in the fight. You fainted not. So I simply want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, The Struggle is Real. But so is God. The struggle that you're going through, I'm not making light of it. I'm not saying it's not. It's not something that, that's difficult, something that's hard, but I just want to remind you that as real as your struggle is that you're facing today, your God is every bit as real as your struggle. And we need to turn to him and we need to call upon his name in the midst of our struggles. Amen. We have a God who knows how to bring us through. And when we are tried, we shall come out as pure gold. Amen. There is a process that we are going through. But on the other side of this process, God has us in a purification. Mm, you may be seated today. Thank you, Sister Graham. The struggle is real, but so is God. I've come to tell my problems today that they are not larger than the God that I serve. 
I've come to tell the things that I'm wrestling with and struggling with and trying to overcome and seeming like every step I take forward, I have to take two steps back. I've come to declare once again that I serve a God that can bring me through each and every one of those trials, every one of those struggles. He can bring this church. He can bring your family. He can bring you through anything. Struggle has been a part of our human existence ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the garden. I think what it must have been like to just have to tend the garden. I think what it must have been like to just have to oversee but have everything working with you. How nice that must have been. But once sin entered the picture, the ground, the Bible tells us, no longer worked with man. Man had to work with the ground. He worked by the sweat of his brow. The woman all of a sudden experienced much agonizing pain in childbirth. Things changed. Things became a struggle. Seemed that Things that seemed to once be easy were now difficult and hard. And whereas before you just had to tend to a few things and oversee a few things, now everything seemed to be working against you. Can I get an amen on that from somebody? You ever woke up in the morning and within the first 15 minutes you knew what kind of a day it was going to be and by the end of the day you were just glad to say, I'm thankful that I survived this day because it seemed like everywhere I turned things were working against me. I think we've all been there. Struggle is not new to mankind. You think about it, there's really almost no part of our life where we're not up against some kind of a struggle. Now, I don't mean to be Doug the Downer today. But we, we live in this world, and it's broken, and there's problems, and sin uh, uh, is abounding every which way we turn, and, and we struggle when we are born. There is a struggle that takes place. The very first thing that happens to us after we are born is we are given our very first spanking on the backside. It's a struggle. And then you might have just those few little short years, maybe a, a year and a half, two years where it seems like everything is okay and you're burped and you're fed and your, your diaper is changed and, and everybody oohs and ahs over you and you don't really have to do anything. If you want anything, you just open your mouth and cry and mama's over there um, trying to see if you're wet or if you're hungry or whatever your need is. Every need is supplied for a couple years and I don't think it's by accident that none of us can remember those years. God somehow blanks all those out. I don't remember those years, do you? My first memory serves me at about four years old. All those easy years where people were pampering me and taking care of me, and I never had to get up and cook my own breakfast. Mom just had it laid out there for me. I never had to cook supper. I didn't have to go to work. I just got up and, and played around the house, and if, if, if I needed anything, I just let somebody know, and, and my servants, uh, mother and father, I called them, uh, they would come and take care of it, my every need, my every whim, whatever it was. I think God just thinks to ourselves, I don't want them remembering that because they're going to 
they're going to really be miserable if I can let them remember what it felt like to just have all of their needs taken care of. But then it's not too long after that where we are reintroduced into the world. And I remember my first day of kindergarten, my mom dropped me off. I didn't know any of those kids that were in there. Some of them were my neighbors, but up to that point, mom didn't really let me go outside and just run across the street or anything. I was too young. I was still kept a very close eye on, and, and I was introduced to these people, and it wasn't very long before the pecking order was established, and I wasn't real high up on that pecking order. We're reintroduced into the world where we once again have to struggle. Some people struggle socially, and some people struggle mentally. Uh, uh, maybe the teacher has to spend more time with them than, than somebody else who just seems to get it. And I, I was one of those kids that, that early on, I, I, if you explained it well to me, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't the quickest learner. Once I got it, I could figure it out, but, but I wasn't the quickest, and I struggled just a little bit. We struggle. All of our life, we struggle. Challenged again and again, thrown into a world that tests us over and over again. Sometimes the struggle turns physical. I've been down that road before. Most of us boys probably have in this room where you've had to struggle physically with somebody maybe that was bigger than you, somebody that was picking on you, whatever it was, you had to struggle physically. Maybe you had an older brother or brothers that, that, uh, that liked to wrestle and you wound up at the bottom of the pile. There's all kinds of struggles in this world that we have to deal with every day, day in, day out. We wake up, we throw our clothes on, we walk out into the world knowing that we're going to have a fight on our hands. But there is one struggle that is more dangerous than mental struggles, more dangerous than social struggles, more dangerous than even, even physical struggles, and that is spiritual struggles. Amen. There's the one thing that you cannot fail at because there's going to be an attack against you that is going to try to rip away God's blessings upon your life. It's going to try to rip away your relationship with him. It's going to try to cause you to struggle until you finally just decide it's not worth the struggle anymore, and you give up, and that is spiritual struggles. But, friend, don't you ever give up on God. Don't you ever quit fighting the good fight of faith, as Paul called it. You continue on until you can get to the end and say and declare with Paul that you have fought a good fight. Finish the course, somebody. Unfortunately for us today, there is no escape from struggles, not until we reach heaven's shore. It's just a part of living in this mess that humanity has created. Remember Mama saying to you, you made your bed, now you got to lie in it. I was always thinking about that. If I made my bed, wh why would I mind lying in it? It's made. It looks good. The saying should have been, you messed up your bed, now you're going to have to lay in it. You've created this mess, is what Mama was trying to tell me. You've created this mess. Now, you're not going to dump this on somebody else. You're going to have to fix this mess. Well, the world that we're living in is the one that we have created. 
It is a sinful, broken world. But the child of God has something different in their arsenal. The child of God has purpose in their struggle. The child of God may not be free from struggles, but the child of God knows that when he wakes up, he has an advocate with the Father. He has someone that is there on his side. He has a purpose to every problem that he goes through. Paul reminded us, don't forget, I know you're struggling, but you're not struggling for nothing. You're not just beating against the air, he said. Just as a mother would struggle to birth a child, knowing that at the end of that pain that she's going to hold that that newborn baby in her arms, and and she knows that the pain is there, but she also knows why the pain is there. Now, if she wasn't pregnant and going through birthing pains, she might uh, have a reason to be concerned. I feel like I'm having a baby. Are you? No, I just feel like I'm having a baby. Let's get you to the hospital. Labor pain should come with labor which is followed by a newborn child. But that mother understands that the pain that she is going through has a purpose. And the purpose is is that it won't be very long until that baby is born and then all the pain is forgotten. When she holds on to that child that she had just birthed, there's something so powerful about that that it causes all the pain to be forgotten. Why? Because there was purpose behind the pain that she was suffering through. We must never forget that God does not promise us no struggles, that God does not promise us a road of ease, but the Word of God will tell us that we are going to have days that are full of troubles. There's going to be times when we are hated for His name's sake. There's going to be days when we don't have any uh, better of a day than the sinner living down the street. But I've come to tell you, don't forget why you're why you're here. You're a part of the church of the living God. Somebody ought to say amen today and get excited about it because there's purpose in our struggles today. Your struggles may be real, but don't forget God is just as real. Paul said, we've been entrusted with this ministry. We've been shown this great mercy. Because of that, we walk differently than others. He said, the child of God does not cheat. He doesn't lie. He doesn't work deceitfully with the word of God until he can twist it around to make it say what he wants it to say so it aligns with his lifestyle. No, the child of God searches out out the truth and then begins to walk in what he has found. Understand today, if, if you're one of those people that's twisting God's word to try to apply it to your sinful lifestyle, you are twisting it and it will not help you. But if you are a truth seeker, if you are seeking after truth today and you're applying truth to your life, then you can walk in the light that was given to mankind. Even though it separates him. even though it makes him peculiar to the world. 
I've come to remind us that it is the Lord who commands us, come out from among them and be ye separate. See, it doesn't make your struggle disappear just because you choose to serve God. It just gives you something worth struggling for. We're going to fight. We might as well figure out something worth fighting for. We're all going to die and leave this earth one day. We might as well live for something worth dying for. We might as well live in a way that truth permeates everything that we do. Amen. Amen. It doesn't make that struggle disappear. It just gives you something worth struggling for. I heard Merle Ewing tell the story. A lot of you prob- probably remember Brother Merle Ewing could sing like nobody else. He had a voice that was so unique. Great pastor, great preacher amongst us. Sometimes you wonder, you don't know the background story. Where did they come from? Who were they? Who were their parents? What? How were they raised? What? What? What went on in their life to cause them to become the type of man or woman of God that they were? Everybody's got a story somewhere, and he began to tell his, and I was intrigued by it because I'm I'm interested in these old time preachers that 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 came from a an era and a time that I never had to deal with. I've never had tomatoes thrown at me. I've never had my car or church egged. No, things have changed just a little bit over the course of time. Others blazed the trail so that we could sit here in comfort. But God forbid that we sit here in so much comfort that we refuse to move when the Spirit of God is trying to move in our midst. We're so comfortable that we refuse to allow God to move when He's trying to move inside of us. He tells the story about growing up. He found the Lord in this humble little Pentecostal church, a little small church. It wasn't a large church like the one he pastored. He pastored a very large, thriving church, well-known, well-established. But his beginnings were in this little humble Pentecostal church. The Lord found him, and he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and it it changed him like it should change all of us who received the Holy Ghost. It changed him. He didn't do any longer what everybody else did. He didn't dress like everybody else dressed. And he and some of the other kids that were from that same little church found themselves becoming the brunt of the jokes. They all of a sudden began to get ridiculed and become the spectacle in the community with many of the people. It's a sad, sad thing, but that's the way that's the way it was. He told the story about one of his teachers in high school. They were trying to set some boundaries for themselves and stand by their convictions, and it was creating quite a disturbance back in the day, and a lot of his classmates were giving him a hard time, and and a lot of his teachers were giving him a hard time, and the other kids that were from his church, <coughs> when one of the teachers spoke up and said, oh, what's the use? You know, 
Kids like that will never amount to a hill of beans anyway. Talking about struggles. I know what it feels like to be the only one serving God in a school setting. I know what it feels like to be the only one serving God in your classroom. I know what that feels like to be the only one serving God at a workplace and nobody else understands and they don't understand why you live the way that you live. And it seems to heap on struggles. Times when you think to yourself, it'd be so much easier just to give in and be like everybody else. Isn't that some kind of an innate sense that we have? I just want to blend in. Like being the brunt of the jokes. I don't like being singled out. And I certainly don't like being talked down to by a teacher that looks at me and says, they ain't going to amount to anything. That can be rather disheartening. Talking about struggles. Every generation has their own to deal with. My struggles are different than your struggles, more than likely. Your struggles are different than your spouse's struggles. Your children have different struggles than you than you experience. All of these things, we all have struggles that we have to deal with, find ourselves being poked and prodded, made to feel like outcasts. These kids, they were told that they would never make anything of themselves. But I want to remind you, remember, the goal of the adversary is to get you to quit, is to get you to throw in the towel, is to get you to say enough is enough. I'm not putting up with this any longer. We have an adversary that is roaring about as a lion seeking whom he may devour. Don't you let him get to you. You stay in the fight. You keep serving God. You keep standing by your conviction. Don't you let anything shake your faith. He wants you to feel like the pressure is too great. Just remember what Paul said. He said they're blind. They don't see what you see. They're not blinded by God, which is the most dangerous blindness. They're blinded by the God of this world, which means they can be brought into the light. If God blinds you, if God turns you over to delusion, I fear for your future. But a There are people that are blinded by the gods of this world. Just remember, they don't see down the road like you see. They don't see the blessings that are coming your way that you see. They can't see the same things you see. They are blinded to their future, and they're blinded to your future. And I want to tell you something. All those kids, Brother Ewing said, after that teacher said that, he said for five or six years in a row, it was one of those kids from that little humble Pentecostal church that that, that was valedictorian of their class, five to six years in a row. Tell me the devil doesn't want to stop us, and I'll tell you, God's got bigger plans for you than the devil can stop you from having. God can bring you to a place of victory. The struggles that place you in a position for God to show you his excellence 
Paul said, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Why? Why would God do that? Why would God choose to enter into a dirty living place? Because he doesn't want it to remain dirty. He wants to clean it up. He wants to get some things organized. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Brother Ewing conveyed the story his freshman and sophomore year. He didn't dress out for PE like the rest of the kids, and so in order to get his grade, they kind of tormented him. While the other kids were out playing football or baseball or kickball or whatever it was that they were doing, his PE teacher would have him in scrubbing toilets. And when the other kids came back in, he'd say, collect all their uniforms. And I mean everything that they were wearing, and I want you to take it and wash all of it. That's one thing after science class. It's another thing entirely after PE class. He said, that's how I made my grade. But he said, I just wouldn't back off of my convictions. Even though the struggle was real, I knew God was just as real as my struggle. And he kept on doing what he could do. And he kept on keeping the right attitude. He's, he, he, he said, you know, he wasn't the smallest guy. If you knew him, he, he wasn't a, a little guy. Uh, he was a big guy. And I'm sure there were times, and he even admitted it, where his flesh would have liked to have lashed out. But he said, I got to keep that flesh under subjection. And he said, I just kept trying to have the right attitude, even though it was killing me. Somewhere along the line, he came back his junior year, and that same PE teacher called him aside, said, Merle, I'm turning this class over to you. I want you to tell the kids what they're going to be doing and when they're going to do it. And at the end of each semester, he said, you're going to give them the appropriate grade. It was a Joseph-type story. He went from being the pauper to the prince. All of a sudden, he went from being the one who was being stepped on and ridiculed and chastised to the one that was put in charge of everything. But what would have happened had he quit because the struggle was too great? You may be in the pit today. You may be struggling, wondering, is anybody going to get me out of this? God, do you even see where I'm at? You may find yourself in a dark place today, struggling, 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 to no avail, just struggling. But there's a palace that is awaiting you. You just stay in the race. Don't forget your God is every bit as real as 
the struggle you're in today. The music comes. Troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. You may be persecuted, but you are not forsaken. I get knocked down, or as the Bible says, cast down. But it can't destroy you. Your struggle isn't meant to destroy you. It's meant to show the world the beauty of the one who created you. Would you stand with me? So, David, what are you going to do now that you're facing a giant? You thought that bear and that lion was something. Well, they didn't have spears. They didn't have swords. What are you going to do now that you're facing a real struggle? David just says, I think I'll step out there and see what God, if God won't do the rest. God will always fill in the gap. If he calls you to the battlefield, if he puts you or allows you into a struggle, he will always fill in the gap. Beautiful butterfly wrapped up in a cocoon. Starts out as a worm. Not so beautiful. Nobody ever says, in my opinion, oh, look at that beautiful worm. Nobody. Let's go to the worm house. Let him crawl all over us, land on our shoulders. Admire them. <laughs> that worm has a future. It's not always going to be a worm. I don't care what your plight in this life is right now. It may not be so beautiful today, but if you just keep letting God wrap himself around you, you let God's arms come around you like a cocoon around that worm, and you let him begin to transform you, there is a metamorphosis that is going to take place in your life. You're not always going to be a worm. It's not always going to be the pit. It's not always going to be the prison. One day, it's going to be the palace. wonder today they begin to sing I've preached to you my heart this morning and although I'm fairly quiet about it 
Not much is said. I struggle like the rest of you. I have questions about the future just like the rest of you do. I stand back and wonder when God doesn't work in a, in a moment, in an instant moment like I'd like him to and fix the problem. I stand back and wonder sometimes, God, is this ever going to change? But I've also lived enough life to know that just staying in the race is all that is expected of me. It's not for me to part the waters. It's for me to get to the water's edge. It's for me to do what I can do. It's God's business to part the waters. I want to open this altar up today. If you're in the midst of a struggle right now, and I don't care what it is, if it's minor or major, I want you to make your way to this altar. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.